electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the NASDAQ market side overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Karen Feinerman, Steve Grasso, Bono and Eisen, and Pete Najarian, co-founder of MarketRebellion.com. Ahead on Fast, a golden milestone. Shares of Newmont Mining hitting an all-time high, up over 30% this year. We'll drill down on the gains in the road ahead, plus stuck in reverse, GM and Ford moving in the wrong direction this year. Supply chain snafus, surging gas prices, and now rising interest rates is the Motown revival now in the rear view. And later, a history-making moment at Amazon. Workers at a Staten Island warehouse voted to bring a union to the tech giant for the very first time. The impact on Amazon, minutes away. But we start off with three warning signs for technology. J.P. Morgan nixing Apple from its focus list, setting slowdowns in consumer spending and the economy. Apple closing lower for a third day in the row. Meantime, the information reporting Netflix is telling employees to be more careful about spending and hiring. That stock falling sharply intraday on that report, but it did recoup much of those losses. And Morningstar downgrading Kathy Wood's flagship ARK Innovation ETF to a negative. The fund did manage to eke out a gain today, but still down nearly 30% this year. So ARK are these headlines warning signs of a tech slowdown? This as we approach earnings season just weeks away. Grasso, what do you say? Well, I think Apple, whenever someone makes a comment about Apple, I think they want to be provocative. A- Apple is the safest bet in an unsafe world. So when you want to be in the market, but you fear that the end of the world is coming, you probably still go. People are going to go into their coffins holding Apple. I mean, that's, you know, right, they're going to be in a pine box and they're going to be an Apple stock certificate on their chest in that box. So I I, I don't know about that one. I wouldn't agree with that one. Arc, we said it before, this is massively high multiple names that maybe the end is coming for them, but it doesn't mean the end is coming for the overall market. Netflix, I don't know if it was an expense account for their lunch bills that they were told to to worry about or anything else, but Netflix is always that higher multiple. So you're saying poo-poo to all of these things that we just outlined at the very top of the show. It's all baloney on a Friday. Yeah, you know, people are paid to say something, right? We're we're here, we're saying something, but we have conviction in it. I think Apple, people, Pete will tell you, Karen will tell you, Bonawin will will trade some options around and say something very intelligent about it. But people are going to stay long Apple indefinitely. Netflix, you know what you're getting there. All right. Okay. let's separate this, though, from long, long term to what we are going to hear from the earnings calls, because that is going to move the markets in the very near term. And it may be a matter of weeks. It may be a matter of months. It may not be at all. But in terms of Apple, highlighting a potential slowdown in consumer spending, if Apple feels a slowdown in consumer spending, imagine all the stocks with the products that aren't as essential as an iPhone or an iPad or a Mac, Karen. Yeah. First, I just want to say, were you saying you go to your grave with a phone? I've been on Wall Street for 30 years, so I'm dating myself a bit. But, yeah, I think it would be nice to go with a phone in this way. You hear it ring. Everyone's like, is he still alive? How do you charge it? Does he have any signal down there? What is it, like 17G? Anyway. Anyway, I mean, 
Apple, you know, I'm in it for the long term. If I if, if I had tried to trade out of it every time there's either a supply chain issue or a, a little wiggle in, you know, consumer spending or anything like that, I would have been out many, many points ago and never gotten back in. So I'm just going to ride it. I'm going to see. I'll, I'll be interested to hear about supply chain issues for Apple. I'll be interested to hear about demand. I'd much rather see demand being unfulfilled because of supply chain right. than the other way around. Just one thing about Netflix I want to add. They did pay Shonda Rhimes maybe, I don't know, three to four hundred million dollars, I believe, something like that. A lot. So I don't really know what, is that like in the coffee room they're looking to cut? <laughs> exactly, I mean, right. the launches. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But did you see Bridgerton season two? I mean, she may be worth every penny. Um, I, will go, I will go to Bonnewin on this one, though. Let's put Apple in context. Um, Nikkei just had this article about how, you know, Apple is going to have to cut production of iPads and other things um, and, and SEs. Uh, and then the forward P of Apple, what is it, 28 right now? There, you know, plus or minus one. Um, so is it worth it here with these risks out there? Yeah, it's just south of, south of 30. And t- to be clear, I, um, I hear you. When the casket drops, people are going to be holding on to those iPhones. <laughs> but I think the point here is that it's taken off the focus list as opposed to them <clears throat> changing their rating there. It's essentially like an innocuous way of saying, listen, we don't really have high conviction one way or the other. And I think the other panelists are right. But like Apple wins by default. And these issues, whether it be supply chain issues or consumer spending on the demand side All those situations, if they're affecting Apple, and to be fair, they have been able to navigate those things quite well. But just imagine what's going to happen to people further down in the supply chain or have weaker customer demand. So Apple wins by default, but I can understand the logic around saying that's not a focused conviction. And so, you know what, I'll actually give them a little bit of credit for saying, listen, we don't have high level of conviction one way or the other, so we're taking off our list. It it wins by default for all the reasons that that, uh, Steve said. Hold on. I think, I think that's a good point. Karen and I were just discussing how Apple is still an overweight at J.P. Morgan just off of that focus list. But Pete, I'll go to you because they also highlighted potential yeah. drag on services in the form of the slowdown that we've seen in gaming. You're Mr. Services Man because yeah. you have been extolling the virtue of the services revenue piece of the pie for Apple for a very long time. But we see a slowdown yeah. in that too and that's not pretty. Well, do we really see a slowdown there, or is it in the demand for phones, or what part is it, are they talking about as far as demand slowdown? I, I, I'm a little bit confused still, and I would tell you this. I don't know that I can see it. Just last quarter, they were up 24%. That was pretty strong numbers for wearables. They also had great numbers for their services. I mean, the, the combination of those two is just exactly where you want to be. That is where the growth is. Oh, and by the way, they still have the credit card that Tim Cook was actually talking about, stunning growth there, and AR into the future is also coming, and electronic vehicles. I think when you look at Apple and you see it 27, 28 times, I, will, I don't worry about that. I look also at the free cash flow and the buybacks and everything else from the financial side of Apple. I just don't see it, Mel, and that's why I remain very, very bullish, and I love what they're doing into the future. And this started way back when people were still talking about the phones when we brought up services. They were talking about services when we brought up wearables. This is the whole thing. Apple doesn't stop. They're constantly moving. And I think you got to tip your hat to Tim Cook because that's exactly what they're doing. And they're in areas where they're getting much better margin than they are on the phone. All right. I get it. Everybody loves Apple. Everybody will love it to the grave and beyond. <laughs> but let's let's uh, broaden this conversation out. I mean, Apple may be viewed as as a 
as a bellwether of sorts. If it surprises to the upside, I'm not sure that that's going to be extrapolated necessarily to the rest of the tech sector. But if it goes to the downside, if it says, yeah, we are experiencing a slowdown, that's like 10 times worse for the rest of the tech sector, I would imagine, Grasso. Yeah, I would give you that. That's that's a, that, that's an easy bet right there. So if Apple cracks, first of all, whenever you see the market sell off, you always sell off the, the, the favorites of the market sell off last and off the bottom, they're the first to be bought. So if you look at Apple, though, what the one thing that Pete didn't mention was how about them kicking around this idea of a, 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 subscri- a subscription based model that could battle whatever slowdown you see in every other sector of it. But I agree with you. If Apple starts to fade, then you have to watch out for the rest of the market. Apple is the barometer. We could just have that alone. I think Apple's actually the barometer just as much for consumer discretionary mm-hmm. as it is for tech, right? So people really want, they'll, they'll, they'll save to buy Apple products. And if they can't afford that or don't want to or don't feel confident spending, I think that's going to be very, very bad for consumer discretionary. Yeah. And, and Bonwin, which names would you look to specifically if Apple were to say they're experiencing either strength or weakness? Um, I think if they were to uh, experience uh, strength, I think you probably kind of ride you know, the, the wave higher. It means that we've kind of made it past those supply, tra- supply constraints and that consumer demand justifies either higher multiples or higher earnings, which are going to push stocks higher. On the downside, I really don't think I'd be anywhere near the consumer discretionary space because, as Karen said, if, if you're not, that's, that's a core holding in terms of where disposable income is going. So if you're not willing to spend it there, you're probably not spending it on any durable. We've already had a pull forward of that in terms of things related to the home, used cars, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, uh, travel, leisure, maybe those things kind of hold in a little bit because of the, the, the price point is so much lower. But any higher end or mid-tier end consumer discretionary, I would not be touching. All right. Meantime, check out the moves in Newmont Mining, the stock hitting a record high today for the first time in a really long time. The chart master says this may be just the beginning. Let's get to Carter Worth of Worth Charting. Carter, what do you see? <laughs> yeah, a really long time. Uh, and the question is, you know, our records meant to be broken. Uh, let's look at the charts. So the first one right out of the gate, as a technical setup goes, uh, this is the kind of thing you want. You want an uptrend. You want a flat top, if you will, as you consolidate and work off a bit of the excess. And the presumption is you then reassert yourself with the next up lag. You can call it an ascending triangle. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's a good setup. Now, if you keep that in your mind's eye and look at the same drawing, but on a longer term chart, and then the third chart, keep it in your mind's eye again, the key is that we broke out to a new 52-week high. And this consolidation is a healthy, normal thing. You get to a high, you probe it, and ultimately you break above it. Now here's the question. Look at the next chart. It's the same time frame. If that's not a symmetrical setup, I don't know what is. It's the definition of a rounding bottom, a bearish to bullish reversal, but the sequencing is excellent. The bottoming out, the approach of the high, the backing away, the reassertion of strength, and now, and here's key, where we are now in relation to history. Look at the next chart. This is all data. Now that high, back there, way back there, that's 34 years ago, six months and two weeks. It is since September of 1987. Look at the next chart. We are literally to the penny 
at the former high. And here's the best part. Today, ever so slightly, we made a new all-time high. And the analyst community hates the stock. 22 analysts cover it, and their 12-month price target is $71. It closed today at $82.78. So the consensus on Wall Street is that this will be 14% lower. But yet, the price target, they keep moving it up week after week, month after month, chasing the facts. I think there's much more to come. Carter, it's Karen. Let me ask you something. Just looking over the last one year or five years, Newmont has started to completely outperform gold. Does that matter at all to your analysis? Well, a couple of things. So it's also outperforming its peers, right? So if you look at the Philadelphia Gold and Silver Index, which peaked in 2011, that's still some 30% right now below its former high, whereas Newmont is making all-time highs. And then to your point, uh, for the first time in a while, Nuon is actually starting to outperform the bullion, which in principle is a bullish thing. Carter, we'll see you in a few minutes on Options Action. Thank you. Carter Worth of Worth Charting. Um, Pete, are you on the, the Newmont mining train? You know, in a, in a way I am, Mel. I'm actually on the GDX train. As a matter of fact, we had some buying in there even today. So when you look at the price of gold and you see it go to over 2000 and then pulled back back close to uh, 1900 you would have expected to see all of these GLD and GDX and everything start to move to the downside. We really didn't see that. We had a little bit of a pullback and then back up again. So I like what we're seeing here in the reaction. And I think gold has a little bit more room to the upside. I love these GDX calls today. They're buying the 41s out in April. And the GLD, they're doing the same thing. They're buying upside. So I continue to think that they're on a way to actually break out to the upside. You know, for, for the same reason that Carter finds that chart bullish, I find it toppy. So if, if you had to wait 30-something years to get to that old high, and they do have copper and they do have zinc, so there's a lot of noise around what they actually do. But if you saw that spike 30-something years ago, it didn't last that long either. So I'm thinking the days are numbered for Newmont. Can it go a little further? Yes, of course. Do I think it's going to sell off? Yes, I do. Huh. So completely opposite from Carter Braxton Worth. Bodwin, how do you cast your vote? Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to approach this from a trading standpoint. So it's really going to depend about entry level. If you've been in this thing and you've rode, ridden it some, I don't know, 35, 40 percent, I think you have to take at least half of the position off. I struggle to, to establish a new uh, long position here if I'm thinking long term, but I, I do understand uh, the, the trend and momentum that it has. So I could, I could buy it here. I'd probably establish a position via calls, but if I bought it, it would probably be a trading position, and I would have a level in mind where I was looking to get out. I would say 5 to 10% from here. I'll translate that. He agrees with me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Take it away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Coming up, hitting the brakes, share of GM, shares of GM and Ford sliding today. Why the moves have one of our traders saying, look out below. And later on Options Action, we're looking after the long-term health of your portfolio, the biotech plays that could be just the medicine you need. More Fast Money after this. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. 
Edward Jones, member SIPC. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. Auto stocks tapping the brakes today. Ford and GM halting production at two Michigan plants due to parts shortages. Um, Bonoin could be a bad sign for the industry, huh? Yes. Um, you know what? When I think about Ford and GM and I think about the multiple expansion that they had previously gotten and the stock price and how it's reacted, I think about the movement into EVs and the lithium and everything else that you need to get access to. And I'm saying to myself, if they're having issues with battery inputs, if they're having issues with, with semi and chip maker production, what about all these SPACs that, that put out all these EVs? You know, I think that some of the names like Neo that have that have exposure to China, I think there's idiosyncratic risk or geopolitical risk there that makes them a momentum play in the short term. But everything else, I really think if these people are having issues with it, it probably trickles down and it doesn't look so good. Yeah, we've already heard about Rivian having difficulties um, with various other supply issues, Pete. Um, so what do you what do you make of this this warning about the supply chain issue? Yeah, you know, it's something that's a little bit crazy, Mel, because I think a lot of us were starting to think, well, it's loosening up. We've got a little bit of a wind behind us now. We're going to finally start to get, pull out of this whole thing. And then you get this kind of news, and, and it, it's frustrating. Um, it's exactly why some of these companies, like a Tesla, are attacking and trying to do everything they can to create their own stuff in-house so they don't have to worry as much about the supply chain. Makes a lot of sense. You would think that these guys would, would start paying more attention to that as well, and I think sooner or later they will. But that being said, for a while there, Mel, I thought there was a huge run of GM. Everybody seemed to love it when it was over 60, and then it's fallen back again. I think it's actually gotten to the point now where it's gotten beaten up far enough. They will eventually be able to start catching up. I'm actually thinking GM right now and Ford are probably about a buy at this point in time. I'm actually pretty concerned about GM in that to the extent that the supply chain issue has them not delivering these cars until, I don't know, second half of this year, early next year, I wonder what gas price, the effect of high gas price will be. Obviously, we know SUVs are really where they make their bread and butter. Auto loans, price of that's going to go higher. Yeah. So that has me somewhat concerned that their best uh, and, and one other thing, used car prices, if they do come down, that's not great for them either. That differential being wider makes right. people less likely to buy new. So I'm somewhat concerned. Obviously, on valuation, it's cheap, but this is the most concerned I've been in a while. So, so a couple of things. So I, I agree with Pete. On a technical level, both Ford and GM, Ford, the 15 and a half level, obviously it's above that now. GM, the $40 level. Those were huge launch levels for the stocks individually. So I do like them both as buys right now. And then if we're worried about rare earth, MP, MP materials. I've spoken about it. BK's spoken about it. That's a name you could look at. Um, I, I don't know if I'd rush all in right now. 
but a bright future ahead of it. It got a pop from the uh, Defense Production Act move for Biden. Yep. Yeah. Coming up, a major milestone in organized labor, labor, what Amazon's union vote in New York means for the company and the economy. We're live from the Nasdaq market site in New York City's Times Square. Fast Money's back into. Welcome back to Fast Money. Amazon warehouse workers in Staten Island voting in favor of unionization today. It would be the first union of its kind at the company, which has fought aggressively against organization efforts. Amazon shares did manage to eke out a gain at the end of the day. Um, what will this mean? I mean, I hear it and I hear higher wages, higher costs for Amazon, Steve. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, it's it's always kind of counterintuitive when you look at a company like Amazon, because Amazon is pro worker and they do pay their workers well. They, they, they have a fair, fair salary. So they just don't want the collective bargaining angle. Like they want to treat each individual worker uh, as, as an individual. So I think ultimately this is a negative for the stock. But fortunately, the split is what people are concentrating on right now. So, so they're not worried about the unionization, so to speak. I'm wondering, you know, with that and Starbucks, are we at a new era of a rise of the power Worker. of labor, right? Yes. If you think about the late 70s and 80s where you had high gas prices, you had inflation, you had labor, really calling the shots way more than they do now. Although that was before NAFTA and sort of the outsourcing of a lot of manufacturing jobs. Maybe manufacturing jobs are coming back now. Mm-hmm. It would be, I think, um, inflationary for sure. Um, but I don't know what these couple of little one-offs, right. I don't know what that means. What, are they, what is it that they want, want exactly? Right. The bargaining, maybe the bargaining, bargaining, the ability, the collective bargaining power. But you also Mm -hmm. have to wonder whether or not this window of time where where workers can move to unionize is a small one. If you are in the camp that the economy is going to be slowing down or if you are in the camp that believes a company like an Amazon, just as an example, I'm not saying the Amazon's going to do this. Wages go too high and you move faster to automate Bonoin. Uh, I mean, automation is is pervasive. So that's going to happen one way or the other. It really depends on how specialized you are. In this particular case, I would say, you know, mid to low skilled labor, um, you know, I think they do have a little bit of time because you're still seeing tightness in the labor market, even even alongside wage growth. So I really can kind of understand why they're pushing the envelope now. I understand your concerns there. But this thing might get a little long in the tooth. All right. It is time now for the final trades for a Friday. Let's go around the horn. Pete, kick us off. I'm going to give you next tier oil fields, Mel. You don't hear a lot about this name, but NEX. I think it's going higher. All right. Bono and Ison. So Stevie G mentioned something that you should take <laughs> down to the casket. I'm going to give you another one that you should hold on to tightly. Boring, basic, profitable. Berkshire B. Ooh. All right. Karen Feinerman. Yeah, I'm going with Bank America calls going into earnings April 18th. I've gotten a lot of, uh, of feedback on some Bank America calls that I've made before, but I think it's actually the bar is getting lower every day, even lower. Going into earnings, I like it. When you say feedback, do you mean vitriol? Something similar. similar okay. Yeah. Uh, Grasso? <laughs> the casket trade. I can feel a game coming to fast money here. Which one do you take to the grave with you? I'm going to look at Alibaba. That's going to be my final trade. This one's been all over the uh, all over the charts, all over the map. I think you can go higher. All right. That does for us here on Fast Money. 
Do not go anywhere. Options Action is up right after this quick break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. FedEx. 